The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 707 on your Wednesday. Hope you're ready to go. We sure are. Phone lines are already open. 416-870-6400. A live call-in show like it is on Wednesday night. And, uh, yeah, it's going to get a little ugly a little later on. But uh, we got this hour to clear things up for you anyway as far as the employment law front is concerned. You have questions about uh, employment law, your job, severance, uh, COVID-19, going back to work, temporary layoffs, all that stuff. Uh, you can bring it on. Phone lines are open, ready for your questions. 416-870-6400. And if you want to reach out separately to uh, to Lior or the team, it's one 821 5900 And always consult Pocket Employment Lawyer. We'll get to everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal here in just a bit. First, uh, what's been happening this week, my friend? What's been happening, John? For a change, I know this is going to shock you. I've been talking about employment law for for a change. I know, I know. You you wouldn't have guessed. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, it's it's been another busy week, a busy day actually today too as well. Dealing with employment law issues, answering a lot of questions, talking to a lot of people. So that's great. That's wonderful. That a lot of changes have, are happening. Government implements new measures, new uh, processes when things reopen. So if you want to know how each of these measures impacts your job, what does that mean for you? Do you have to go back to work? On what basis? Can you get paid less, more, different hours? Hey, now is the time. We're here for the next 40 minutes or so to answer those questions. Take advantage. And we want to help and we'll give you answers because there are answers. I promise you there are good answers to your problems. If you want to talk to me off off air, then we can do that as well. We'll give you my contact information. Uh, take advantage. There's no bad questions. John, the big thing this week was the government announcing that child care and daycare uh, mm-hmm. centers are opening. Well, impact this impacts employment law because up until now, if you did not have childcare, you could stay home. All you had to really say to your employer, I have school aid children, that's it. You could stay home. Your employer couldn't make you come back to work. You couldn't be penalized in any way. Your job was secure. And you could also get the CERB benefit. Well, now that's different. Now, if you have childcare, because childcare centers are opening effective uh, later this week, then now you have to go back to work if there's a job for you, if your employer wants you back to work. So for many people, that's going to be a surprise. Now, in some situations, you may still not be able to because maybe your, your uh, child care center is not opening or maybe there's no room for your child because they have to only take a limited number of, of children. If you cannot get child care, yes, you can still stay off work. But if you are able to, then you, you do need to go back and your employer also can ask questions. Have you tried to find childcare? Have you made reasonable efforts to find it? So you have to keep that in mind. If you decide just, no, I'm not doing it too bad, I'm staying home, that's fine, sure. But that may be considered a resignation and it could also disqualify you from the CERB. So some things you need to keep in mind and if you wanna talk more about how this impacts you, your job, your rights, call us right now, we'll answer all your questions. 416-870-6400. It is uh, 10 minutes after 7 o'clock, so plenty of time to load up those phones, and we'll get uh, get right to it. Albert, thanks for standing by. How are you? Yes, hello. How are you? Good. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I'm an employer, and, I'm, uh, and I own a restaurant. And um, during this uh, the time, I only opened the restaurant for a, a month before the, uh, oh, before the, wow. uh, the, the pandemic. Yes. Yeah. 
So we, we were forced to close. And uh, during that period, I had a few employees that uh, were working with me. But during uh, these last three months, we have lost a, lot, uh, a relationship with the chef. The chef has been acting up. Uh, he, we found out he wasn't doing the right thing in the restaurant. So I'm planning to uh, terminate, terminate his employment. However, this uh, situation, it doesn't look good giving a, a, a terminating employment for, the, for, for this guy. So I'm just uh, wondering what, what would the uh, uh, problem be if I do that, if there's going to be any, any uh, issues uh, terminating his employment or not even calling him back to work. So, Albert, you, you're allowed to terminate him no matter what. It's a question of whether or not you have to pay him any, any severance, any termination pay. Now, if, in fact, you can show that he did very bad things, I don't know what those are, if he, if he I don't know, uh, committed fraud or he deliberately hurt the restaurant, that would be just cause for dismissal, meaning you're able to let him go without any compensation, without any severance. If it's not that bad what he did, then you can still let him go, but you're, you're going to have to pay him something. Given the Absolutely. fact that you, you obviously haven't been open that long, obviously only a, f a few months, so he, he's not a long-service employee, potentially you only owe him a few weeks' pay, but you still would have to pay him that. So to me, uh, Albert, this is a question of whether or not you can show that he did something very, very bad. If, if it, you can show that, you don't have to pay him. If you can't show that, you have to pay him a few weeks' pay. And, Albert, if you need any help with the paperwork or, or some more advice in terms of how to make sure that this is legal, happy to talk to you off air. Okay. Thank you so much for your help, and we'll definitely call, give you a call on this. Terrific. Yeah, please do. Albert, don't, uh, don't hesitate. Here is that number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, one 855 Eight two one fifty nine hundred. Email to reach out is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And more information at any time, by the way, you can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca uh, as well. You, you wanted to talk about one more thing before we got into our uh, topic for tonight and the phone calls, of course. What was that? That's right. I had a call uh, actually earlier today from someone who, uh, before COVID hit, was working Monday to Friday. Well, now, uh, because of everything, that business is only open on weekends. Uh, and uh, she was called back to work saying, well, we need you now to work weekends because really that's the only time we're going to be open. So she wanted to know is does she have to go back to work or can, is she able to refuse without that being considered a resignation? So here's the answer to that. Given the fact that her regular schedule is a weekday, her employer can't make the change, even though if there's a legitimate business reason, I'm not going to dispute that that's legitimate, the employer still doesn't have a right to just change her schedule, meaning if she refuses, it's perfectly legitimate to refuse. It's not something that there's a resignation. She's not re refusing to come back to work. She's simply refusing to have her schedule changed, which is well within her rights. Her employer could certainly terminate her employment because she doesn't come in, but that would be a termination without cause, meaning she would have to get paid severance. So I'm bringing this up here to remind everyone that, yes, if your employer wants to change your schedule in a significant way, whether it's COVID-related or not, you absolutely can say, no, I'm not doing it. Okay, you, you don't have to accept that because an employer doesn't have the right to unilaterally change an employee's schedule in, in a big way. And that's not a resignation. That's not considered abandoning your job. That's not cause for dismissal. Keep that in mind. And any questions, any concerns, you know what to do. You can reach out to me. Is this another one of those situations where she's, you know, wants to be the good soldier, maybe uh, try it for a little bit, see if it works, but still wants to be able to escape out the back door if it doesn't? 
Certainly she can. Absolutely. If she says, well, I don't know if I'm, I'm going to deal with weekends. You know, is that going to yeah. impact my family too much? Yeah, she can. She can tell her employer, though, that's what she's doing. Just as I said, employer, I'm not sure that this is going to work for me, but I want to help you out. So I'm going to do this for the next few weeks and then see how, how everything is going. If after a few weeks she's not happy with it, she can still at that point say, no, I'm not doing this anymore. That's not a resignation. She can't be punished. So very important to remember that you can try things out, but make sure your employer knows that that is what you're doing. Yeah. 416-870-6400, the number to call in, 416-870-6400 is the number you uh, you, want to use. By the way, email us, help at employmentlawyer.ca. Before we get into our first break, we'll get into our topic, and that is everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal. First one here. Before we talk about it, why don't you tell us what it isn't? What is it not? So a wrongful dismissal is not many things, and it's not a situation when you're let go for a bad reason. It's not a situation when you're let go because the company is being unreasonable. It's also not a situation where you're let go because the company wants to save money by saving your salary. Essentially, an employer does have a right to let you go pretty much for any reason as long as severance is paid. So you may hate the reason. You may think this reason really, really is bad. It, it, it sucks. But it's not a wrongful dismissal if your employer pays you severance. So now that we know what's not a wrongful dismissal, when we come back, we'll talk about what it is. We'll do that. We'll take a short break. Uh, time to load up the phones. you got some time. Live call-in show here at 716, so bring it on, 416-870-6400. Email address we use is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 719, and we are set to get right back into it here. The uh, phone number 416-870-6400. That is how you're going to call through. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll get back into our topic of everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal here in uh, in just a minute. But first, the phones are always top priority. Bob, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging on. How are you? No problem whatsoever. I'm doing fine. Let me explain with full disclosure. I am a professional accountant. been in practice for a number of years, but that is as an accountant, not in employment law. My brother-in-law is a mechanic, has been involved, employed rather, with his last employer for about 10 or 12 years. Before that, roughly speaking, 30 years, maybe 35. Was arbitrarily dismissed a week ago, a week ago Monday. Uh, as a result of an apparent or alleged conflict of interest in that for a number of years he's been doing the odd um, oil change in his own garage on behalf of family, friends, and, and a few others. His employer has been fully aware of this over the years that he's been doing this and arbitrarily fired him a week ago Monday and said to him he would be receiving absolutely no severance whatsoever. They say he's got about 30 years in the trade, um, brother-in-law for that number of years, so I do know of what I speak. Where do you think he will be going as far as uh, termination? So the key to me here, Bob, is the fact that you said that his employer knew about this all along. If his employer... Absolutely. There is no doubt, and I can personally verify that. So 
if his employer knew about it, then there's no way in this world where they can uh, use the fact that he was doing these oil changes uh, as just cause for termination. Now, I am not crazy about the idea of him doing these oil changes on the side because potentially that conflicts with his employer. But none of that actually matters if his employer knew about it. If his employer knew about it and they, they didn't do anything about it except they woke up one day uh, this week and they decided to fire him, no, it doesn't work that way. Now, what that means is that's in the eyes of the law going to be considered a termination without cause, meaning they do have to pay him severance. Now, if your brother-in-law has been there, he said somewhere between 10 to 12 years, how old is he? Uh, 55. Yeah, he probably is going to be somewhere just shy of a year, anywhere from 9 to 10 to 11 months pay in, in that range. So that's what's at stake for him. Uh, and, and the good news is these things are not difficult to resolve. It's fairly straightforward. So, Bob, what I would strongly, strongly urge you to do is have him give me a call or connect with me by email, whatever he prefers. Let me help him get that compensation. I have your phone number. Uh, he is not aware I've made this phone call. I will make him aware of that tomorrow and will so advise. Terrific. Excellent. Thank you, Bob. Bob, appreciate that. Uh, well done, and we'll uh, we'll move on to another call. Or if you have the screen up, you can punch it because for some reason, like Alex moments ago, I just got kicked out like she did. So there, there you we go. are. Uh, there we are. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. How are you? Go ahead. Hi. Yeah. Um, I just I'm going to be returning to work tomorrow for the first time, and my employer offered me over the phone. Um, about four days, eight hours, uh, eight hours for four days. And she said it's temporary. And she's uh, emailed me this letter, and it's a return to work acceptance letter. And they want me to sign it saying, my name, have accepted the return to work offer. However, I have a problem because it said by signing this letter, you acknowledge you are accepting the return to work offer presented to you. Now, it was verbal, but it's not in the letter. Uh, what do I do about that? So it's always very difficult for me to, to advise on a document when I haven't seen it. Generally speaking, I'm not a big fan at all of, of asking an employee to sign something when they're just coming back. There's, there's no need because you're not starting a new job. You're simply continuing your job. So there's no legal reason whatsoever to require an employee to sign something. That said, as a practical matter, if the document simply says you agree to come back to work, if that's what it says, then I don't really have a problem with that. It's, it's unnecessary, probably kind of useless, but I don't really have a problem with that. If it said effectively that by coming back you're, you're agreeing to take a pay cut, that I would not be comfortable with because by signing it, you could be actually agreeing to a, a pay cut permanently, which you do not want to do. So the devil's in the details. It, it, you know, For me to sleep better in terms of advising you, I'd like to see the document. So Lynn, why yeah. don't you send me a copy of it? You can email it. You can fax it. You can yeah. you know, take a picture okay. on your phone and email it to me. Let me say, see it, and I can just tell you at that point, yes, you have to worry about it, or no, you don't. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. Appreciate that. And uh, that number to reach out is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. The email address that Lior just mentioned to use help at employmentlawyer.ca. There you go. We're going to get right back to it here. Everything you need to know about wrongful dismissal. You can still bring your calls on plenty of time. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred. So how can how does someone know? How do they know if they've been wrongfully dismissed? 
So a wrongful dismissal really is a situation when you've been let go without the severance that you're owed. So for the most part, a wrongful dismissal is not about the reason you were let go. A wrongful dismissal is about compensation, is about severance. So as I said before, the reason may be completely unreasonable. The reason may be a lie. It may be made up. They could tell you that we're restructuring and they're not. They could tell you that we're cutting costs, but they're really hiring. That would make them not very nice, okay? Or even not very ethical, but legally an employer can do that. So a wrongful dismissal is about the severance. If you've been let go and you haven't been paid the severance that you're owed, that you've been wrongfully dismissed, even though the reason may be otherwise irrelevant. Now, in terms of how do you know if you've been wrongfully dismissed? Well, what I can tell you is 90% of people, this is you know almost silly if you don't know this, 90% of people are, that are lose their job are wrongfully dismissed because wow. 90% of people, when they lose their job, are offered less severance than what they're owed, which makes it a wrongful dismissal. So if you've been let go, chances are, even without me knowing anything about you or your job or your employer, chances are 90% that you've been wrongfully dismissed. So uh, you always have to assume that's the case and get some advice. And if you want to know for 100% sure, not 90%, simply go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We have a severance calculator tool. We may as well have call, been calling it the wrongful dismissal calculator because <laughs> what it does is it tells you if you've been wrongfully dismissed. It's, it, it's anonymous. It's free. It takes seconds. So you, you grab your smartphone, your tablet, your desktop, what have you. You go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and you find out what you're owed. And if it's less than what you owed, whatever the company offered you, you've been wrongfully dismissed. It's not difficult to resolve, but that's what you do. How common is it? How common are they to see wrongful dismissals? John, I see them all the time. And, and you know, probably yeah. the biggest part of my job is to speak with people that have been let go, speak to them about their severance and what they're owed. And most of these individuals that I speak with almost, almost always have been wrongfully dismissed. And, you know, when I actually talk to someone that has not been wrongfully dismissed, that's been offered proper severance, I, I'm almost surprised. You know, it, it's very rare to see. And, you know, we, we go around the office saying, wow, I actually spoke to someone today that wasn't wrongfully dismissed. That, that's mm -hmm. unusual. So it is very common. That's why you have to assume that it's inadequate because if you assume that it's inadequate, you'll do the right thing. You'll get advice. You'll go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and you'll find out for sure. Plenty of time for you to uh, call in, ask your questions, do it. It's such a leg up to make that, uh, you know, one-minute phone call to get some information. 416-870-6400 is the way to do that. Jason, thanks for uh, thanks for coming on tonight. How are you? Hey, good. How are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Okay, so my question is I work in appliance sales. Uh, I'm in uh, it's 100% commission base. Now, I took a leave of absence, but during that two months I was off for COVID, uh, I wasn't paid my commission my delivered sales commission. So the company actually kept that, and I'm just wondering if they had the legal right to do so. So while you were off work, uh, were you receiving the CRB benefit? Uh, I was, yes. You, you were, yes? Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing. No, can they hold your commissions? Absolutely not. But maybe it's not a bad idea that they did because if they had paid it to you, then you wouldn't have been able to get the CRB because you would have had income, right? So oh, that's, that's something. I, I would have made more of my commission, so. But I, I understand, but the, the reality yeah. is they have to pay them. So you you may say, well, I, you know, if I get them paid later, maybe I can keep the CRB. But if you're asking me for getting about the CRB, strictly speaking, are they allowed to keep them? No, the answer is not. They're not allowed. So no, I if, would I would one hundred percent like not if I could serve if I have my commission paid out. 
then and then you're a good man and absolutely no they they can't do that because you've earned the commissions you know once the commissions are earned it's your money they don't have a right to keep your money so if they don't so, pay it to you that number yeah. one you can go to the ministry of labor i can send them a letter see how fast they pay that to you when i send them the letter no that's not legal at all trevor or, or sorry jason uh, jason yeah yeah okay so what do i just call the labor board about that or so you can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor. The problem with that is that process is going to take months and months because they're overloaded. Uh, you want to talk okay. to me? I send a quick letter. I send it, uh, the letter on, on Friday. You probably get paid by Tuesday of the following week. So let's think about that. Uh, but I really uh, – I'm going to use there because uh, I figured I was in the right, but yeah, they withheld my commission. So. Yeah, um, no, nope. they, they got to pay it, my friend. Absolutely. Jason, reach out. I have it done quicker. Trust me. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. And to call in here for the remainder of this show at uh, 730. Got lots of time. It's 416-870-6400. Trevor. Now we got Trevor. Hey, pal. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. What's on your mind? Um, I just have a question. I, I'm being um, I'm being transferred, I guess, like changing companies um not really voluntarily my role isn't changing uh actually my responsibilities are getting a little bit more but my pay isn't um going to be affected they're saying my pension and benefits are not going to be affected um but in essence i'm all of a sudden being forced to sign documents to say that i'm now working for a new company with a new employee handbook that has a lot of literature to it that talks about um dismissal without severance yeah. in this there you go. Yeah. There um you go. and i'm just wondering they should should i not be getting severance right now or as opposed to them carrying over my time served is what they're trying to say so here's my concern with this situation my concern is that okay well first of all how long have you worked with the existing company around nine years okay so here's the thing so if they terminate your employment now let's say you get 10 months pay 10 months severance but you instead they transfer you quote unquote you sign an agreement that limits your severance six months later they let you go now they only pay you eight weeks pay Okay, because you right. limited your termination entitlements. That's my problem with it. I probably wouldn't have as much of a problem with the situation if it was, listen, we need to do some reorganization. We'll have you work for our sister company, but everything else stays the same. Don't worry about it. At that point, it's more of a, of a payroll move, really. It's like it, it doesn't impact you too much. But if, if what they're trying to do is take away entitlements that you have, no, no, that I have a huge problem with because – I can guarantee you at some point that's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars. So, well, the other thing, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah, no worries. The other thing is, is, is part of this new role, I am um, being asked more or less to sign documents that I will never try to advance myself or get a promotion. Like I, I'm, I'm oh, at my worst. Yeah. So and Trevor, I, and I won't, uh, I won't try to, to, um, 
So Trevor, uh, here's what you need to do. You, you, you can't accept you can't accept this. Now, it's possible, I don't know for sure, but that your refusal to accept this may result in the term, in the termination of your employment, but trust me when I say that you're far better off to be terminated now than after you sign these documents, right? So, but right. before we we tell them no, I'm not signing, go away before we <clears throat> before we say that to them, I want to actually have a chat with you. I want to see what they've asked you to sign, you know, so that I can understand what it is. And if you have a copy of your employment agreement from nine years ago, let's see. Let's take a look at that and understand it. I've never, I've never had an employment agreement until well, now. Well, then, then more mm -hmm. of a reason not to have to sign. And That's a I, very good I thing. Spoke to, I have spoke to your office in the past. Okay. All right. Well, um, if, I, if you got the advice you need, that's great. But my, my sense of the situation, again, not I haven't seen the documents, right? You understand that. But right. based on your description of that, I would not sign those ever. Uh, it's almost – you may as well sign them a check for tens of thousands of dollars. That would be faster, uh, right? So, so right. don't – do not do that. But All right. Thanks, Trevor. Appreciate that. We're going to move on. You want to continue the conversation. You know what to do. Yeah, call that number. Do it. Don't sign it. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900. But here and now, we got uh, more calls coming up at uh, 734 on your uh, your Wednesday. Love it. 416-870-6400. And Rob in Kitchener, good evening. Hi. Um, so I'm 63. I work for the company for 22 years and when they had a shutdown for the serb thing i just took the serb and they called me back three weeks ago in the second week they asked me to transfer from day shift which i've been on for um a long time to evenings now i understand that's a constructive dismissal but i want to know how to pull the trigger on it right do i tell them before I actually have to do it, which is next Wednesday, or do I just not show up? Or, Great questions. Like, yep. like, I, I, mean, I don't know. I, I listen to employment law shows all the time, and nobody's ever had this sort of conundrum. Like, and truthfully, I feel I've gotten a, well, the dirty end of the stick, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And um, I truthfully would like to be constructively dismissed. So here's the thing. Uh, at this point, keep in mind, they can't physically bring you into work, right? They can't physically say, you know, we, we're coming and dragging you into the, to the evening shift. You actually have to do it yourself. So yeah. the best advice is this. Saying, uh, guys, no, I'm not doing that. I've been on day shifts you know, all these years, not interested, so not doing it. So they, they will do one of three things if you do that, okay? One of three things they'll do. Either they'll back off and say, fine, Rob, you can stay on, on, on day shift, okay? Number two is they may say, uh, well, if you don't do that, then you've resigned. And at that point, it becomes a termination and you're owed your severance. Or number three, they'll say, oh, we then think that you're in being insubordinate. So we're going to fire you for cause because you didn't listen to us, which is also nonsense. And they have to pay severance. So that's what you do here. Uh, you know, you, you make sure you tell them, no, not doing it. And let's see what the response of the company is. Maybe they back off. Okay. But it's not a constructive dismissal yet because they actually can't force you. Usually a constructive dismissal is a situation when the company just changes your pay or now they've relocated or maybe they've changed your job duties. When they actually need you to do something, because, again, they can't physically make you, then you can absolutely just say no and see what the response is. So should I 
like write that down and email that to them? Absolutely. The whole constructive dismissal thing, which I've already downloaded, or. Um, no, no, no. You don't mention the words constructive dismissal. You do not mention the words constructive. You, you, you don't even mention anything about law or lawyers or legal. You don't say you're not allowed. You simply say, not interested. I've been in this uh, job doing the day shifts for whatever, 20 years, however long. And I'm not, I'm not moving to, to night shifts. Uh, that's it. See what they say on that. Like I said, maybe they back off. But if they don't back off, the net result is, yeah, you're going to get your severance. And, and for you, that's going to be a significant amount. A, do I need to do that in writing? And B, should I voice record it? Okay, so only in writing. So don't worry about voice recording. You have to send an email. Okay, very simple email. It could be a two-line email. It doesn't have to be anything complicated. If you want to send it to me before just to kind of make sure that it says the right things, then I can help you with that. But yeah, email works fine. You don't need to voice record. You don't need to say anything in person. And email does the trick very well here. Thank you very much. And I appreciate all the free advice that you're giving on the radio. No problem. Uh, thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. And uh, keep us updated as to what happens, right? So make sure to call us back after you... Uh, you send that email, get a response because I'm actually really interested to see what the company would do. And you're right; it's 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 one of those three things basically. Or well, I guess the fourth thing is they just back off and let them continue on days. But right, that, that was the first thing I said. Right, they yeah. could back off, right, or yeah. they could terminate them for cause, supposedly, which is nonsense. Or they can say you've resigned, which is also nonsense. But it's going to have to be one of those. We're talking about wrongful dismissal uh, in between all these phone calls. You still got some time, by the way, a few minutes anyway. Uh, call us four one six eight seven zero. 6400 what if your employer gave you notice of termination instead of severance could you still at that point be wrongfully dismissed so we talked about the fact that really a wrongful dismissal is about a the lack of severance that's really yeah. what it is if you've been let go without proper severance you've been wrongfully dismissed but the employer does not always actually have to give you severance instead of severance they can provide you notice so for example if you're owed 10 months severance then instead of doing that they can give you 10 months advance notice of the termination of your employment now as long as that amount of notice is sufficient as long as it's sufficient then they don't have to pay severance because they give you enough notice and then you've no, you're not wrongfully dismissed you that would be a perfectly fine and legal termination now in my experience in most of these cases where an employer does give advance notice of termination they don't give enough notice an example I said you know 10 months notice well instead of 10 months they give you six months notice well guess what that means that they still owe you another four months severance to make up the difference so you're still wrongfully dismissed only because of the fact that instead of giving you 10 months they give you six months they have to make up that difference by way of severance so even if you've got an advance notice of termination you are very likely ultimately provided with less because an employer mostly usually often provides less notice than what is actually legally required and if that's your situation yeah that's a wrongful dismissal and definitely pocketemploymentlawyer.ca allows you to find out how much severance or notice you should be getting if you're let go you know, it just because it, it kind of, you know, just breeds a lot of confusion, not for us because we do this all the time, but people may be tuning in for the first, second, tenth time. You know, we've spoken many times before about constructive dismissals. What's the difference between a wrongful and a constructive dismissal? Because it, it, it gets murky, right, for us. Right. 
Right. So a constructive dismissal is simply a type of wrongful dismissal. It's a, it's a type of wrongful dismissal. A constructive dismissal is a situation when the law considers your employment to be terminated because of something the company did. Either they mistreated you or they changed the terms of your employment. And the law says, wait a second, you now can treat that as a termination. But because you, you've been terminated and you have not been paid severance, that's a wrongful dismissal. So a constructive dismissal, by definition, is a wrongful dismissal as well. So it's simply a type. Most wrongful dismissals are, are simple situations where someone is let go, have not been paid, has not been paid proper severance, been paid less than what they're owed. A constructive dismissal is another form of it where the employee has essentially been let go because of whatever it is that the employer did, and they're still owed their full severance. What about that uh, that deadline at the bottom of the severance package, right? By the time you figure it out, if you've been wrongfully dismissed, there could be an expiration, right? The package will have expired. Right. So every every severance letter, essentially, right at the end of it, has a deadline. So employee, you know, because we're so nice and so good, we're going to be offering you this amount of severance. But uh, we're only nice and good until Friday because guess what? That <laughs> offer expires Friday at 5 o'clock. So if you want to take advantage of our, of our niceness, you got to accept it by Friday or else. And, well, many people are going to feel the pressure. Oh, wow, i got to accept this or, or it goes away. I can't afford for it to go away. And that's a pressure tactic. But the best way to look at it is this way. I use this analogy all the time. John, if I owe you $100... And I say, John, here's a piece of paper that says I'm going to pay you $50, but only if you sign by Friday. What would you say to me then? I'd throw it back in your face. Come on. Obviously. Right, because I owe you 100 bucks. So right. why, why would you accept 50 bucks by Friday? It's a no. Yeah. How about you pay me 100 bucks? And by the way, if you want me to actually sign something, then you've got to pay me 120 Right? Nice. Otherwise, why am I signing something? You owe me 100 Just pay the 100 and I'll walk away. So that deadline is meaningless. All I'm saying is that severance deadline doesn't matter. Your legal rights are what they are. They don't expire Friday or Tuesday or whatever that deadline is. So, And in most cases, because you're actually owed a lot more than what you're, you're being offered, there's really no reason why you'd want to accept this lesser offer. Don't worry about that. You have up to two years to pursue your entitlements. Go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. If you need to go beyond that deadline, do so. The most important thing is that you actually get what you're owed. So, you know, you, uh, you've been let go maybe and possibly, possibly be wrongfully dismissed. What do you do? Well, first of all, to find out, you know, if you can always call me and I'll tell you exactly yep. what you're owed. Or you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca if I'm uh, not answering the phone because it's uh, 3 a.m. Uh, but either way, you find out much you're owed. And if, and if you find out, hey, I'm owed more, then you call me and we'll have the chat. Usually these things are easy to resolve. I send a letter engage the company in a discussion and a negotiation, a bit of back and forth, and we're done. It's not more complicated than that. Usually you don't even have to start legal proceedings. You know, going to court is actually a dirty word because you don't need to go to court in these situations in 99% of the t of the cases. So a lot of people are afraid of the process. Oh, my God, I don't want to get involved yeah. in all these, these legal shenanigans. It's going to take a long time. No, not when it comes to severance, not when it comes to wrongful dismissal. So don't be afraid of the process. Let's get to uh, an email here as we uh, taper off into the end of the show. And this one comes from Leanne. By the way, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. It says, guys, my boss announced, and this is probably going to be a common scenario in the next little while anyway. My boss announced the company I work for is likely to shut down in the next year. Can I quit and get severance? It's a great question, and the answer is no. Uh, if you, even if you know your employment is being terminated in the near future, they're, they're shutting down, uh, et cetera, if you quit, 
you can always quit, but if you quit, you would not get your severance, all right? Uh, even though, what's the point of that? They were going to let me go anyway. Fair enough. But if you quit before you've actually been terminated, that's a resignation. That's not a termination, which means you walk away from severance. You may want to do that if you have a better job offer. Maybe that's more important than severance, sure. But if you want to get your severance, you actually have to be terminated. You can't jump the gun. We're going to uh, wrap it for there for tonight. We'll be back in the weekend. A reminder as well, go to uh, employmentlawyer.ca to find where you can catch our TV show on Global TV and CTV in the weekends as well. Reaching out, real, real simple, one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca, and always consult pocketemploymentlawyer.ca for any information between shows as well. Stick around. Don't go anywhere on point with Alex Pearson is coming right back here on Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.